So every week I'm going to try out new intros for how I want Dateline to go. So, because I feel like last week I said, this is Dateline. Which I love. Thank you. So now I'm going to do this. Dateline on the line. First caller. So that'll be the new intro. (laughs) What do you think? I, Dateline on the Okay, what I love about it, it's very like old timey phone where you're plugging yes. in the things. Yep. But you've put a modern twist on it, and I don't know how you've done it exactly. <laughs> I did it again. I did it again. I love again. it. Dateline on the line. Mm-hmm. I and think, st- like I think stick with operator. it. I think stick with it. Thank you. Brian, Today don't I- give up. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for the constructive, constructive criticism along with no, uh, I love another it. pass. <laughs> Dayline on the line. I think, do you know what it's missing for me? It's missing the voice. It's missing the voice. And it, I'll tell you what also it's missing any thought. You but know? if you, I feel like if you sold it with that old timey accent, I feel, yeah. would feel different. Do you want to, do you want to, I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot. Dateline on the line. Dateline on the line. I love it. So this week, I'm the gal on the go. Gal on the go, roller skating all over the call center. So (laughs) this is Dateline season thirty, episode twelve. What happened in Vegas? Oh, didn't didn't stay in Vegas, did it? Not what happens in Vegas. What happened in Vegas? So this is the story of the death of Ted Binion. So for sorry, what's his last name? Binion, like onion, but Binion, or, or like, like Binion, but Binion. Okay, just alternate the vowels. So Ted Binion was old school Vegas, like when Vegas was run by the mob. His father was someone who had made a ton of money in the Prohibition. His name was Benny Binion from Texas. Or excuse me, during the Depression, not the Prohibition. He made a ton of money by having all these underground gambling centers. He allegedly killed three people before he moved to Vegas to open Binion's, which is also which still exists on Fremont Street, but is more commonly called the Golden Horseshoe. <gasps> so if you've ever heard of what? that, that's where they have the World Series of Poker. So Benny's, I actually love old downtown Las Vegas. Oh, me too. So Benny's son Ted was the one was sort of the heir to the Binion Casino and, the and running the billions. operations. The Binion Billions, the Bunyan Billions, uh, and he died very mysteriously. And so this is profiling that I had never heard of him before, but it was very interesting. And also, it was just fun to see because back then this was an interesting thing. Back then, and even when Benny was running the show before he passed it on to Ted, those those mobsters were as famous in Vegas as the Rat Pack. Like people would come into town to be like, "Oh my God, look who it is!" And they would ask for like pictures with them. Like they were famous. Like in, uh, like people would come from like Toledo and be like, "Oh, it's Benny Binion." Yeah, exactly. Or whoever else was there. But yeah, wow. it was. It, they were just as famous. Uh, people would want to get pictures with them and stuff. So this was when Vegas was like before any sort of like gambling commission or anything came into, you know, it was the, the wild, out. it was the wild days. Wild of, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So this one starts Keith Morrison, who I'm going to say is jumping the shark a little bit. I'm very <laughs> disappointed with him on the thing about Pam. Wait, tell people what jumping the shark is for people who aren't in the biz. Okay. It means basically you've gone a step too far. You've now become ridiculous, but it started with happy days when Bonzi, yeah. the Bonds, Literally was water skiing and then jumped over a shark. And people were like, wow, this show went from ridiculous to 
absolutely stupid. So that's it's so when jumping you, the shark. It's, you've transcended your own ridiculousness. Exactly. So mm-hmm. Keith Morrison really went for a new tactic with this one. He is driving on the Pacific Coast Highway in California, not narrating the intro as he usually does. Just he B-roll? Is, no, he's talking to the camera's the passenger. He's talking to the passenger while he's driving on the PCH, which is no easy feat. The PCH goes really fast. It's only like a couple lanes. And Let's so the not camera, forget, you can, and, and it can stop real fast. Real fast. So he keeps looking into the camera, which is the passenger, telling this story about how, oh, I was driving on the PCH in a black convertible, just like this one. And it's like, well, not only just like that one, but you actually are driving on the PCH in a black convertible. So... It was very strange. So basically, I'm going to talk about a car crash while I'm in a car doing a thing that might crash it. Potentially, except it doesn't actually, it doesn't actually end in a car crash. But this is what he says. So here I was driving along PCH. Black sports car roars past me, then slows down. There's a woman inside, blonde and tan and waving me over. And by the way, this is Keith saying this. So this happened to him. I follow directions, and a woman I first met in a jail cell caught up with the Vegas mob and maybe murder was there. So there she was, telling me the rest of a crazy story that never added up. What? Until now. Nothing adds up. So this wait, wh- wait. So he randomly meets somebody on the PCH, and then that's who how we the interviewed story? before. Because this is a Dateline that had like a new ending because they found more stuff out. She, the the subject <laughs> of this Dateline. Waved him over on the Pacific Coast Highway. On another on another date. He's another just hanging date. out. Yeah. Waves him over. They pull to the side of the Pacific Coast Highway, which, by the way, is not forgiving. I mean, there's like no room to pull over there. And tells him like, hey, listen, there's an update to my story. Isn't that insane? I, California continu- continues to amaze me. Well, yeah. The, the beauties there and all, all the, the. All of it. Just the, um, the magic at any corner. So here's where we're going to begin. It's where the Dateline episode begins. We're beginning with the night of the silver heist. 2 a.m. Someone is digging in a town called Pahrumpf or Pahrumpf, Nevada. Like Harumph, but P-R? P, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so and we're, when I say digging, I mean, like, there's like a huge, I don't know what you call it, like Bob the Builder style, like thing that's digging out the dirt, digging it I, in and I, ripping honestly, it out. Brian, I think they're called diggers. Okay. So someone is using a digger in Pahrumpf, Nevada, and there's a bunch of other people there. And also there's like a huge semi there too. And this is like in the middle of Pahrumpf on an empty lot at 2 a.m. So a cop pulls over and is like, what are you doing in the middle of the night here? What are you doing? And the person who answers who's working on it was like oh uh we're removing explosives thinking that like the deputies would go away after they heard that but instead obviously the the deputies were like okay uh well we're gonna go figure out what's actually happening and if you have permits for this and blah 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 so they asked to see their boss the police asked to see the the crew boss there and the crew boss says, oh, no, actually, we're here to haul away concrete debris uh, because this land is being sold. And that's why I brought, brought along a belly dump. Now, if you don't know what a belly dump is, I didn't either. It's basically a huge semi where you just it's like 1-800-JUNK. They call that a belly dump. 
Why? I don't know. Except so it's, it's basically wheels. a dump truck on it's wheels? It's basically like a dump truck. Yeah. But like much, much longer, like a okay. semi-style dump truck. Okay. And he said, well, that's why we brought along the, be- the belly dump. It's filled to the brim with concrete. So the deputy says, I want to look in the belly dump. And he's like, you don't want to look in the belly dump. And he's like, no, I want to look in the belly dump. He looks in the belly dump and says, there is a shitload of silver in here. Not only was there a shitload of silver in there. Like raw silver? $20 million worth of raw silver. Well, including like silver bars and all of this stuff that had been buried. Like buried treasure style. Oh, it's buried treasure silver. Exactly. 24 Tons of silver. Three, two, one, lift off. That's right. I'm lifting off in my rocket money spaceship going off to the to the planet savings. That was not stuff that they wrote. That's what I wrote. And um, and I'm gonna stick with it. Okay. Rocket Money is a beautiful, beautiful app that is all about personal finance. They cancel and find your unwanted subscriptions, monitor your spending, and help you lower your bills. I did not know I was uh, subscribed to Cigar Aficionado. I didn't know why it was coming to my house. I don't need to see Sylvester Stallone every month smoking different cigars from Cuba or wherever. I don't need it, okay? And Rocket Money helped me to rectify the situation. Also, I don't know if you're in a household full of adults, but I am. And a lot of people are subscribing to the same subscription services that when we can all share the password and username. Okay. So they helped me. I put everyone's info in there and we got everything streamlined in my household, especially if you if you have um, uh, elderly parents living with you. It's very helpful. They have over 5 million users and help save its members an average of seven twenty a year with over five hundred million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash attitudes. That's rocketmoney.com slash attitudes. Rocketmoney.com slash attitudes. Now listen, Aaron, I don't think it's gonna be news to you that I famously, quite famously, uh, have subscriptions to things I've never used, or did, nor did I know I signed up for them. And by the way, I might very well have signed up for them and just forgot <laughs> a couple of these things. That's beside the point. A Bally's Total Fitness membership I have no recollection of. Okay? A. B. Car and Driver Magazine. Okay? I don't know where or how or why. Didn't you have two Bally's ref- gym memberships? I was so hoping we weren't going to go there. But yes, I did. So sorry. I'm so sorry. The truth, the truth came out. The point is this. I have subscriptions I completely forgot about. I also, I need to learn my lesson and not sign up for any more free trials because I have to tell you, like, right after that, I just stay in it for the subscription. And then, like, two years later, I'm like, maybe I should cancel it. I I actually canceled my Costco membership on time this year because I don't. Oh, how was it? It was a wonderful feeling. Actually, but then I'm going to have to redo it for the next season. You know what? Okay. Here's the thing. Rocket Money finds the subscriptions that you maybe forgot about or that you maybe signed up for or that you are having trouble canceling. Some of these are very difficult to cancel. They find those subscriptions and they are the middleman. They do it for you. They even can negotiate a lower price on your bills. They did that for, by the way, my cell phone bill. Okay? I pay less than I used to. 
Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and saves its members an average of $720 a year. They've saved over $500 million in total for people in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash attitudes. That's rocketmoney.com slash attitudes. Rocketmoney.com slash attitudes. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company making eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Maybe you're a keto, maybe you're a paleo, maybe you're a vegan, maybe you're a vegetarian, maybe you're gluten-free, or maybe you just want to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit what you like. It's the number one meal kit for eating clean with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Feel your best with nutritionist approved recipes, including calorie smart meals under 650, protein packed meals with 30 plus grams of protein on average per serving, science backed Mediterranean recipes, and flavorful plant rich vegan and vegetarian meals with organic fruits and vegetables, good for you grains, and plant based protein. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions as well as 100% of the plastic in every box. Plus, nearly all packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas of the U.S. Power through the bustling holiday season with our Green Chef's convenient step-by-step recipes, including wholesome dinners ready in 30 minutes or less, and over 35% of the recipes can be made in 25 minutes or less. Go to greenchef.com slash 60attitudes and use code 60attitudes. That's how many attitudes we have. And get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash 60 attitudes and use code 60 attitudes to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. And by the way, the crew boss on him, (laughs) the one who said it was concrete, had 8,600 rare silver coins on him. I don't know how. Were his pockets just dragging the ground? Honest to God. I mean, he must have sounded like an absolute tambourine. (laughs) But I don't know if maybe I got it wrong and maybe there, I don't know. But all I I was just like, on him? My God. So he said. Did they say on him or on on his persons? I love it when they do that. Me too. And I love when they say monies. Like I need, I'm, I'm filing a suit for monies owed. I love that. So the crew boss says, actually, okay, it's not explosives. It's not concrete. We are digging silver from an underground vault that was placed here. But I had permission from my boss to do this, who owns the land, Ted Binion. And the crew boss said, Ted is trying to hide money from his wife. Cool. And why was uh, he telling all this to the whatever? I don't know. But then he also said that the deputy, because I think they were trying to get out of getting arrested. And he also said, look, the crew boss said, look, and showed him his phone. The sheriff knows about this, that we're doing this. Like, here's calls that were like, some were like 10 minutes, some were like 40 minutes with the sheriff. The sheriff knows that I'm doing this. The sheriff denies all of this, by the way, because they do book them and bring them to the station. The sheriff's like, I never talked to you. I never talked to you. So he says, look, this is Ted Binion's land. Call him up and tell him, you know, and he'll tell you, yes, I told him to go do it. And I told him to do it in the middle of the night. So they call Ted Binion, but Ted Binion doesn't answer. No one could get in touch with him. He wasn't answering Aaron because he wasn't breathing. Okay. He was following. 
E. A. He had a deed to be dead. Okay, so 34 hours before this silver expedition, Ted Binion, again, one of the richest scions of one of the biggest names in Vegas gambling, which is a quote. I did not come up with that. (laughs) 34 hours before this silver I think you could have come up with better. Thank you. Yeah. A woman named Sandy Murphy calls the police and says, my husband's not breathing. Now, you should know Sandy Murphy and Ted Bin- Binion are boyfriend, girlfriend. But she says my husband because I think they were like, you know, invested in About each other to. that way. Yeah. Exactly. So the police get there. They go inside the house to see what happened to Ted Binion, who's not moving. But the person who gets wheeled out on a gurney is Sandy Murphy because she's shaking and hyperventilating and this whole thing. And she can't be calmed down. So she's like restrained uh, on a gurney. So... Everyone's like, what the hell happened? How did this happen? Blah, blah, blah. So just to give you a little bit of a description on Sandy Murphy, there was a huge age difference between Ted Binion and Sandy Murphy. You don't say. Exactly. So Sandy was a real California girl. She uh, described herself as a California cliche. She grew up with a surfer dad. So she grew up surfing totally carefree until she was in high school when this really cool surfer dad let her move in with a guy who was like in his sixties when she was in high school who she like said she fell in love with. Mm -hmm. But anyway, at 23, she ends up breaking up with this guy. She scrapes all the money she has and decides to go to Vegas with a, with like a good girlfriend of hers for two weeks. And this is a Nomi Malone story. Total Nomi Malone, her friend. And by the way, they lost that two weeks worth of money in the, on the first night, like Nomi Malone. So they gamble it all away immediately. So like, oh, fuck, what do we do? Sandy's best girlfriend is a clothing designer for exotic dancers. So they go to the Cheetah, which is this also, is so by the Nomi way, Malone. Totally, which is, it's exactly Nomi Malone. I wonder if it was based on any, no, because I think this was after that. But, um, but so they go and they end up working at the Cheetah selling clothes to exotic dancers. Uh, And they're like a real hit. And so all of a sudden they're in the money and making all this stuff. And that is when she meets Ted Binion. She's working in the strip club, but she's not a stripper. Do you know what I mean? She's working there selling clothing to, I don't know. She's in an adjacent industry is what you're saying. She's exactly. So he comes in with his friends, which is a wonderful way to meet somebody. And uh, she said, look, he was a real man's man. I could tell he was a bad boy. And I instantly fell for him because he was like a good old boy. Not to, he was like Texas mixed with the mob. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Disgusting. And, she goes, and Keith goes, well, what made him such a bad boy? And she goes, he rode around in a beat up pickup truck with red interior. What the fuck does that mean? It means you're a bad boy. I do also want to quickly shout out um, <laughs> Keith Morrison's description of Vegas. He called it a gaudy strip of pavement lined with money and lies. I do oh, love I- that. That's really great, actually. When he does his pagan poetry right, he really he really nails it. So Ted was also. Why do you call it pagan poetry? (laughs) I don't know. I was just going along with it, and today I had questions. (laughs) You've been saying it for I don't know seven years now. (laughs) Today of all days, I'm just like, wait a minute. I actually don't know why I call it that because I to mean, me I it love is, it. it's like a Bjork song or a Tori Amos song. Like that's what I think. Yes. He does like a stream of consciousness. God sometimes. is dead. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so when, te- when Becky, it's when Becky, when Sandy met Ted, Be- Becky comes in later, by the way, when Sandy met Ted, he was also not only like a, 
worth hundreds of millions of dollars. He was also a recovering heroin addict. So he was not well. He was trying to get over his heroin addiction, but wasn't necessarily well. But they moved in together and he immediately like night one. By the way, they move in like days. She moves in there in like a few days. Of course. And he goes, and she didn't know how much money he had because his home was actually kind of modest for being worth like half a billion dollars. And, um, and until he said like, hey, here is a credit card with your allowance on it. So it's, you know, $10,000 a month, but also just like you can go over. It's not a big deal. So, you know, he's really set her up for having no future in case mm-hmm. they break up. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he also said to her, I want you to buy nice outfits and I really want you to buy outfits. I want you to dress so that men will notice you. <sighs> yeah, he's that guy. Disgusting. So now we meet Becky Binion, who is Ted's sister, who to me is that this is a, such a minor character. <laughs> She's the sensual baker who bakes the armadillo cake in Stu Magnolia's. <laughs> She's only in, I think, one shot. But she steals all of it. She's got, or it looks like she would be on, what was the show that Crystal Bernard was on? Not Wings, but the one about the, like, restaurant. Was it after Wings? Was it her spinoff? No, it was before Wings, and it was like, I can't believe I can't think of the name of it, but they worked in, like, a restaurant, and it was her, and, um, oh, God. I'm looking it up. And she was a it's a living it's a living so she also looked like the manager in it's a living so if you just look up manager, oh i see oh i see I think she how was this how long was this show a series featured a group of waitresses and a pianist who work at a fancy restaurant on at the top of a skyscraper so they don't even tell you where i think it's like chicago or something I'm not for sure. Incredible that you remember this. But she's, I only ever saw like one or two episodes. I'm going to share my screen with you really quickly so you can see which one I'm talking about. So okay. I believe the character's name's Nancy Beebe or Bebe. Possibly. Played by Marion Mercer. Okay, yes. So it's Marianne Mercer. That's who this reminds me of. Exactly. Okay, so. Who is Crystal Bernard in this picture? Is she, is she a brunette at this point or something? She might have, she might have come on later. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think she came on later. That must okay. have been like the pilot. I think that picture you're looking at is from the pilot. Okay, gotcha. Um, Glad we got down to the bottom of that. Of it's a living. Me too. So, where the hell was I? Okay, so Becky Binion, Ted's sister, looks exactly like the manager from It's a Living, but also the sensual baker <laughs> of the armadillo cake and stew of magnolias. A reference everyone's... <laughs> if you don't get one of those references, you'll for sure get the other one. She's got... Becky Binion's got high hair, pearls around her neck, pearls on her ears. She's got her hair up like like uh, th- that style that was big in the 80s, 90s, where like you put all your hair on top of your head. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And there's a, there's a loose bun. A loose bun. The whole thing is loose. Exactly. Becky Binion hates Sandy Murphy. She calls. <gasps> she she, says she that, sees what's up. She says that Ted is a man, a man enough, old enough to be her father, but wealthy enough for her to pretend he's not. Which I love. So, no one in Ted's family gets along, by the way. They grew up with as children of a murderer. Benny Binion, again, killed like three people when he was doing this underground gambling stuff in Texas because there were rival people trying to take over. It was like, it was like the mob, basically, during uh, the Depression. So, no one in Ted's family got along. They all hated each other. There was a big article in Texas Monthly about his father, Benny Binion, called Forget the Sopranos, Meet the Binions. Wow. So, these people were infamous. Yeah. 
And he opened, Benny Binion opened the Binion's Casino, also called the Golden Horseshoe, in 1947, which was the same time Bugsy Siegel opened the Flamingo in Las Vegas. It was also when Vegas fixtures were Meyer Lansky, uh, Stoney Palacho, Tony Palacho, Joey Cucamano. I only knew of Meyer Lansky, I'll be honest with you, so I'm pretending like I know. But Joey Cucamongo, is that what his name is? Yeah, Cucamano, yeah. Cucamano, that's yeah. a great, that's a great mobster name. Great mobster name. And this is when people, the the mob running the Vegas, like I said before, had total adulation from the public. They were famous. They were revered. They were adored. Which means the- they were just getting away with so much shit, don't you think? Oh, for sure. I have so many subscriptions I have completely forgotten about or have had because now I use something that really helps me with this. But I used to subscribe to Car and Driver magazine. Don't know how, don't know why. There was another highbrow magazine I subscribed to that I could not get out of. I couldn't even log into it. What do you mean another highbrow magazine? Well, I wasn't, I shouldn't say another. A a different magazine that was a little more highbrow, I guess I should say. But I could, no matter how many times I tried, I could not log in, log in to read it. So I was like, how do I get out of this? You know who helped me? Rocket Money. Not to mention, I've talked legendarily about the two gym memberships I had that I didn't know I had. Rocket Money helps you find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, the subscriptions you didn't even know you had. And they can even negotiate a lower price for your bills. They did that with my cell phone bill. Unbelievable. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year. Most people think that like max, they're overspending by like, you know, $20, $40 a month. It's so much more than that. $725 a year is the, uh, is the average with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. I probably had a, $1 million of those dollars just to myself. So uh, please, this app is really, really useful. I do use it. They have helped me a lot. So stop wasting your money on things you don't use, including all those free trials that then you get billed for. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash attitudes. That's rocketmoney.com slash attitudes. Rocketmoney.com slash attitudes. The time has come, okay? It might be the dead of winter, okay? January can be a very downer time because you've just had the holidays. You've had so much stress and maybe you wanted some time off and it didn't actually come. Now, though, is the time to start planning an adventure on a glorious beach filled with glorious pride where you can make the most of it plan and you can look for you have something to look forward to that's what we have to do in the winter who is planning a trip to provincetown this year okay if you've never been before if it's your first time if you go over here it doesn't matter you deserve to enjoy life you could take pride in where you travel when you go there and it's Always an adventure there, truly. Provincetown is so welcoming to everyone. It embraces diversity. It's the place where cultural cultural diversity has a place. It's something for everyone there. Glamour, dining, dancing, entertainment, hiking, biking, beaches. An absolute unique experience where everyone is welcome. Not to mention, it's absolutely gorgeous. It really is. You can see all kinds of comedy shows, go to great dinners, bike, do everything. 
plus it's queer. Okay. It is LGBTQ plus, 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 plus. So go be yourself this summer. Plan something fabulous for yourself. There's fun theme weeks every week for everyone who's LGBTQ plus, like Pride, Girl Splash, Bear Week, Family Week, Carnival, Trans Week, the whole thing. So go to ptowntourism.com, the official guide to Provincetown, ptowntourism.com. Do you want, and by the way, the person, the lawyer who would defend all these mob people was also the mayor. <laughs> so that's how like inside this whole thing was. Like they were untouchable. <laughs> Benny Binion, the father, the patriarch. Guess what he ate for lunch every day? You're going, it is absolutely disgusting. Steak and, um, squirrel, is it a Texas? Th- squirrel uh- stew. And okay, he would ask for it to be topped off the squirrel stew with the head of the squirrel with its teeth sticking out with its eyes on top of the soup. This and guy's a monster. That, and he would use that as like an intimidation tactic. Also, he would order that when like having lunch with people. <sighs> Can you imagine? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. So Ted Binion. That is so... Like, and also for someone who doesn't look like Robert Smith from The Cure to do that. I know. That's the, the audacity of that. Oh, of yeah, that wearing like being... the cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Ted, when he was growing up, was supposed to be kidnapped, but ended up not being kidnapped because Benny Binion found out who was trying to kidnap him and had him executed. So Ted always really looked up to his dad and was like, oh, my God, you're my idol, blah, 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 blah. And so he started managing the family casino. As I said, he became Ted Binion became really good friends with a guy named Herbie Blitstein, who was I don't want to say a hitman, but he was like he was in it. You know what I mean? He was like a a heavy. He was up to something. Exactly. So he got killed in January 7th, 1997. And people started saying that Ted was also on a hit list. So this is well after Ted has taken over the business. When Herbie Blitzstein was killed execution style, because he was like best friends with Ted, (gasps) the FBI were the ones on the scene because the FBI had been watching Herbie Blitzstein forever. So they were the ones who got there quickly because they were trying to bring this whole operation down. And Herbie, when he was found dead, was found kneeling in front of a recliner with three bullet holes in the back of his head, which is essentially how they would kill you, execution style. And the feds were surveilling him. And by the way, the feds didn't stop it. Which is sort of crazy because they were like basically in the next room. They, they they were like, oh, well. Yes. So everyone was being surveilled at this point in Vegas that was dealing with this. It was called Operation Thin Crust. <laughs> and so this was in the 90s. And so the Stop FBI. It. Why was everything in the 90s? Because remember that last episode you talked about they had a pizza pie related. Yes. Like satellite so built beam, business. Beam one. No, it was dish one up and it was yeah. satellite dishes. Oh my God. So this was, you're right. They were like obsessed with pizza in the nineties. I'd blame Papa John's. I always blame Papa John's and still do by the way, for most things. So operation thin crust. And so the FBI warned Ted, Hey, it sounds like you're going to be next. And they're after your silver. So five months later, bullet holes are blasted through Ted's house. And I'm talking <gasps> like huge bullet holes, but they, they, he and Sandy survive, but it's like a, basically a warning. So then just a little bit later, Ted goes to eat dinner at a place called Piero's Restaurant, which someone on screen says, 
Piero's is great. You can go in there with your jeans or you can go there in a tuxedo. It's fantastic. I I wouldn't trust a place like that. Absolutely not. So this is where we meet face to face. The person who said this quote about jeans and tuxedos, Rick Tabish. Rick Tabish, by the way, who was the crew boss digging up the silver, who said Ted told him to do it. So this is where at this restaurant... uh, How are they going to offload all that? I mean, I I guess I understand it on paper. Legal, I guess, because I mean, I don't know if it's illegal to bury twenty million dollars. But where do you go and say I've got twenty million dollars worth of silver? Can you take it? That's the problem, which I'll get to later. So Ted was trying to move his money, but there literally was no place to store twenty million dollars worth of silver. So he owned this property in the middle of town and was like, "Just bury it there." And Peshaw. What's it called? 36 tons of silver. What'd you say? Haberdashery? Yeah, What's it? Perum. Oh, yeah, thank you. Haberdashery. <laughs> so this is where we meet Rick Tabish, the one who, and, and he meets Ted at this restaurant, Piero's. I don't know who was wearing jeans and who was wearing a tuxedo. But Rick Tabish is super handsome. He looks like a cross between Clark Kent and Ted Bundy. And by the way, uh, they met, this is the most shocking thing. They met at the urinal. Okay. Ted introduced himself and put his hand out to shake Rick Tabish's hand while they were peeing. And Rick Tabish said, I knew immediately I like this guy. It's like the grosser you are, the more cred you have. I guess. Oh God. Okay. So he meets Rick Tabish. (laughs) That's your, that's your, your, the hardest thing to, to swallow here is that they met at the urinal. Basically. So he meets Rick Tabish and he's freaking out. Ted Binion is because he's like, oh, my God, like the gambling commission or the gaming commission is coming down really hard on me. Not to mention my place just got shot through. And the gaming commission basically said, you are not fit to run a casino and you are now out of the casino business for life because not only was he doing shady shit, but he was also a full-blown heroin addict. And so the gaming commission was like, you're done, which made him like super duper depressed. And after that, he scored his first score of heroin in a very long time. And as Sandy Murphy said, this is when Ted really started to become consistently inconsistent. So Mm, now- Beautiful, beautiful. The sensual baker of the armadillo cake and stew magnolias (laughs) slash the manager of It's a Living- is running the casino, Becky Binion, and he can't even step inside it. And originally, this is where his 36 tons of silver was being stored. Mm-hmm. So he had to move it because he didn't want Becky to have it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't but want no Becky one would to have take, it either. No one would take 36 tons. This is when he decided to bury it. And Rick said, I will absolutely bury the silver. And then he looked at the camera and he says, when was I going to have the chance to do it again? I don't, this is not a bucket list thing. I, this guy, I could not, I could, could not, you not get a read on him less because first of all, he's like, what a guy he shook my hand at the urinal. So cool. And then also, I don't know. When was I going to have the chance to bury silver again? That's I, frankly, sounds exhausting. <laughs> so Rick Tabish and Sandy, because Rick is like young Clark Kent, Ted Bundy, Sandy's young California cliche really start liking each other. Oh, well, that's, I mean, that's bound to happen. Right. And Becky, during all of this, like right around 10, okay. They started to like each other. Becky says to the camera, like right around Ted's death, Ted told me I'm through with Sandy Murphy. I I can't do it anymore with her. And I want to change my will so that she doesn't get anything. 
So she was in the will, but not married to him. And by the way, in the exactly, she wasn't married to him. She was in the will, but only really some, by the way, a lot of money, but small potatoes for the Binions. Yeah. She was going to get $300,000 in the house and everything in the house. And that last part's the key, because you best believe that if someone's bearing $20 million of silver, this is what Becky Binion had a problem with. Who knows how many of millions they had buried at that house? And like, cause there were like, even he had like a boat on the property and even like in like one of the engines Drawers? for the boat, yeah. there were like, there was like $10 silver? million. Right. Exactly. There's silver everywhere. Or even just cash. <gasps> yeah. Okay. So December 17th, 1998, we're back full, full circle. Ted is out on the floor. Sandy calls the police, is freaking out. There's no wounds, no bullet holes, just an empty bottle of Xanax and drug paraphernalia that you would use heroin with. So it looks like a drug overdose or possibly a suicide. So the police didn't see a crime here because they also thought it was an overdose and a suicide. So no crime scene was preserved. So Why don't they do a crime scene even if they don't suspect there's one? I agree. Becky, the sister, said, quote, I smelled a rat. She thought there was foul play. She wanted to be treated like a homicide. Went to the papers and said this was a homicide. And Mm. Becky Binion is obviously a very powerful person and says, treated like a homicide. This was a homicide. Ends up hiring a private eye who was a former policeman who then goes to the police and the police are like, do you just want to take it over? So now Becky's guy is running this investigation of what happened to him. So Sandy Murphy gets a bunch of her stuff and a bunch of, because he also not only did Ted Binion have a lot of money, he had a lot of priceless art. He was an art collector. So Sandy comes home after being detained for a minute with, and being questioned by the police and like 50% of the stuff in that place is gone, has been looted. And there's a lawyer from Becky Binion said, you are not allowed to come back in the house. And she's like, well, I am like, and he was like, no, you don't live here. You're not even a resident here. She shows them her license. She's like, this is my address. I do live here. And the police are like, you can let her in, but you have to go. But the lawyer's like freaking out about this and is like really, really mad. So meanwhile, through all of this, Rick Tabish is on the move. He's felt an urgent need to get Ted's uh, silver protected. He's on the lamb, but they catch him. So Rick is, by the way, his mugshot super hot. Hot. He's charged with grand larceny, but he's insisting that he was doing what Ted wanted him to do, and he said that Sandy was too. Sandy starts taking a video of everything in the house so that nothing will be taken from it any any further than than it has been. But in this video. They see her do something that's this video ends up working against her in the trial because in this video, they see her like pointing stuff out. And then and by the way, Becky Binion's lawyer is also there. And on the video, it shows her taking a wine glass and putting it in her purse, like sort of secretly. And they don't catch it until they've rewatched the video over and over again. They're sort of like, why did you do that? And then she like. Had no reason. Had no reason. So, Give me one reason for the wine glass and I'll turn right back around. So, exact. Thank you. So, Sandy is also charged here and she's put on a $100,000 bail, which is low. Which is low for a murder situation. And Rick Tabish makes his bail because he's put, he's charged first. But Sandy puts up her black Mercedes and a ton of diamonds as collateral for his bail. But then, her bail is paid for. Oh, and by the way, they have a white piano. Of course they is, do. 
is and a white like, leather couch like a beige leather couch yeah. really like a cream leather couch mm, or like a class. latte latte Ooh, yeah. oh i love it yeah Oh, and I think I made a little bit of a mistake here, but just so you know, they actually finally, so they're, they're both brought in for questioning, but they actually arrest Sandy and Rick Tavish together at, by the way, I don't mean to tie into our other podcast, at the grocery store. They were there together shopping Which for groceries. Wine? Kroger? You know, it's like the movie thing. They don't fucking this, say. I, I, this is, these are details that I need because it makes a difference. It tells you everything about that person. So- Bill Fuller, who is some Irish billionaire, because Sandy from where Ireland, but also living in Vegas part time. Okay, reads about Sandy Murphy's case in the paper and is like Murphy. That's an Irish name, and he all of a sudden puts up all the money for her defense, (gasps) Uh -uh. for everything. Tons of money, tons of money. So now we're at the trial. There's a celebrity pathologist who had some show on HBO called Autopsy. Okay. In, in like the 90s. Oh, so yeah. HBO back before they were like, we, we this can was do, like we can do better. Confessions. Exactly. So this celebrity pathologist said Ted Binion died of burking. You don't know what burking is. It's not like a burpee, is it? It's when someone sits on your chest. Like a human being sits on your chest and you can't breathe. Because it, you can't lift up to get the oxygen. So your lungs okay. end up collapsing. Okay. I, that sounds truly awful, but also kind of funny. Do you know what I mean? Well, the name the name doesn't do it any justice. But I guess the reason the mob used to do this burking thing is because suffocation is doesn't leave marks that way. So it's very This difficult. is a mob tactic? Yeah. Because it doesn't leave marks. And also they saw that Ted's buttons on his shirt were like imprinted on <gasps> his skin, on his chest. And so this celebrity pathologist was like, someone did this, blah, 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 blah. The defense also said that he had, uh, well, the defense said Sandy Murphy's team and Rick Tavish's team said, look, Ted Binion had just ordered 20 balloons of heroin. He (gasps) had over 100 pills of Xanax in his name that were gone. He knew what he was doing. He wanted to kill himself and he wanted to overdose. Sandy says, I got rid of the wine glass because she didn't want people to know she'd been drinking that day when she was making the video, which I sort of buy. I don't know. So another star pathologist comes on the scene for the defense, and he said, this was not Birking. This was a drug overdose. The jury deliberates for a full week. On the eighth day, Rick and Sandy are convicted of murder in the first degree, sent to life in prison. But with no evidence, really, right? Not really any evidence, just circumstantial. Again, there's no forensics. There was no crime scene. The ju- She said she knew she was, she was fucked when the jury came out, and this is another case of sunglasses. She said nearly everyone in the, war- in the jury came out wearing sunglasses. Why? Or why I are guess, they allowed to do that? I don't know. Remember when I told you about that? Because of um, the mob? Person who ta- Maybe. And also so that they wouldn't give away, like they wouldn't look at Sandy and Rick a certain way. But you're just straight up, as we learned from one a few weeks ago, allowed to wear sunglasses in a courtroom. And they're like, not going to stop you. It was so weird because like, I remember being in high school and like literally teachers like flipping people's baseball caps off because you weren't allowed to wear hats in the school. Right. Like- and so you could wear sunglasses and, so, and you sure the fuck weren't allowed to wear sunglasses in high school. And and same with all government buildings. I thought you had to dress and do a certain thing. Like you're not wear, allowed to wear hats in government buildings either, right? No, but somehow shades are cool. Which is crazy because like hats were like a thing for always. So why is hat, hats a thing and not sunglasses? Couldn't agree more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now... 
they're found guilty. Bill, Bill Fuller, the lucky charm billionaire, is super pissed. He hires Alan Dershowitz. How dare you, by the way? Which lucky one? charms. Those are my people. I know. I'm sorry. You're, you're Irish too. He brings in Alan Dershowitz, like celebrity lawyer. By the way, have you seen this? What? That's my calendar. Someone got it for me. Oh my God. That's for actually adorable. <laughs> so you flip what it, it say, over. Good it. luck something. Oh, good luck from Ireland. Yeah. That's so sweet. Isn't that nice? It's but adorable. anyway, it's uh, you know, really, it, it, it's not a good representation of Irish people. Okay, you go know, ahead. Well, maybe not, but still it's a cute one. It's so cute though. Al, they hire he, Bill Fuller hires Alan Dershowitz, you know, one of the most famous lawyers slash infamous lawyers in America, taught at Harvard Law for like 30 years, Trump defender, the worst. Uh, also, I think Epstein defender. So Ugh. it hires Alan Dershowitz to file an appeal. It goes through. Rick and Sandy, it's ruled by the justices of the Supreme Court of Nevada, did not get a fair trial and that they would get a new trial. So both Bill Fuller hires, hires a new attorney and uh, Rick Tabish hires a new attorney and they the same celebrity pathologist for the prosecution is still going with death by Birking, but the new defense, that pathologist and the medical examiner look closer and they say those weren't from buttons. Those were carcinomas. <gasps> so he had skin cancer. Yeah. So closing arguments begin and I have to just show you one quick video of the lawyer doing the closing arguments and then we're done. I promise. I cannot wait. Is this, is this is good? Like Johnny Cochran level? Yes, but this dude's name is Tony Sarah. He is truly Danny DeVito. Michael Sarah's dad? I wish. He truly looks like Danny DeVito as the penguin or Meryl Streep as the witch in Into the Woods. I don't know which. <laughs> Here's just a screenshot of him. Oh. <laughs> right? Isn't you know what he looks penguin? like? It's the middle version of when in um whatever Indiana Jones it was where he drinks from the the christ's cup or whatever yeah and like one of them does the wrong thing and he turns into a skeleton it's like screenshot of like from from his age to skeleton for sure for sure so okay so here he is he's very dramatic in his closing arguments he's like famous for it so here's i have two clips of him in his closing i cannot arguments. wait to see this there is a guy behind him in the other whatever prosecution defense i don't know which table it is who's just rubbing his eyes like over oh, yeah, it he's one of the lawyers who was exhausted he's a <laughs> lawyer for the prosecution who's okay. exhausted by this man can you hear it now in his closing he some of the theatrics he was famous for and seemed to blame all of las vegas and its culture of <laughs> avarice for ted Bingham's death it's the casino it rise high into the heavens Neon lights are blinding. Each casino is like an ancient palace. <laughs> and then this is the other clip. <gasps> what? Yeah. And it, none of this has, he has a point, but he's not making it. No, not at all. Here's the other one. Mr. Ted Bingham was a demigod. He lies forth on his shield. Hail Caesar. We will find an assailant. A head must be brought forth and placed on the stick by dusk. Yeah, a, nut, a full nut job. Look at him. That person, if anybody thinks they can't go through law school, just remember that this person did. For sure. He also looks like the, the uh, evil queen transitioning in Snow White. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, so anyway. But why? I mean, honestly, why that hair? I don't know. I think he thinks it gives him personality. I guess it does. Yeah. So the jury reached a new verdict six years after Ted's death. Not guilty. Sandy vomits into a wastebasket right in the courtroom. Rick gets the same verdict, not guilty, but they were convicted of trying to steal Ted's silver, but Sandy already got like time done. You know what I mean? So she didn't go back to jail. He, Rick still had to serve a couple more years because also he was up for some extortion charge that was actually true. Anyway, so Sandy moves back to California after all this business. And she says, Becky's whole thing. The reason that this was even considered a murder or homicide to begin with is because it was about disinheritance, not murder. Becky just didn't want anyone to have anything, is what she says. So Sandy moves back to California. She walks on the beach with Keith Morrison. She's wearing a full business suit on the beach with no shoes. But I'm talking like (laughs) coat, pants, everything. Okay, at the end of this, one of... um, Herbie Blitzstein's killers, the guy at the beginning, told the feds they had planned to take Binion and then... Oh, yeah, this was it. Okay. So there's no evidence to suggest the mob did this, killed him, but what was a fact, because there's, I feel like there's never evidence the mob did it. Otherwise, they'd all be in prison. You know what I mean? So one of Herbie Blitzstein's killers told the FBI when they were caught that next they had planned to take out Ted Binion by overdosing him with heroin, which is what happened. So there's no evidence they did it, but he might not have, he might've died of a drug overdose, but might not have been suicidal or accidental. It could have been the mob broke in there and did it. Rick Tabish ended up making millions after he got out of jail. He got into the oil services business and now runs a really big business building. He, he, he does like, he builds uh, server farms to mine crypto. <laughs> Has made a ton of money. Sandy never got a dime, even though she was entitled to it. But she settled down. She got married. She opened an art gallery. She's doing really well. She's shoeless in a business suit on the ocean. I can't think of a better thing. The only other thing I, I will say, and then we're done. I'm sorry. This so, took so, long. She, so she and Rick don't talk anymore. They don't. Hmm. The only other thing I will say is that. Do you know that a euphemism for someone in the mob is character? Like when they say like, oh, well, you know, he was a character. I didn't I know that, that was just, a euphemism. Me neither. I always thought that just meant like he was a big personality, but no, in here they He's talk like about it. He's like a character it. in yeah, the mob. Yeah, they were like, well, you know, he was a character. Yeah. And, those, and did you get old, this? They'll say like, he was a real character. But the origin of that, I guess, is a euphemism is like, he's in the mob. We're just not saying it. We're saying he's a real character. And did you get that from the Crypt, Crypt Keeper's uh, retelling of the fall of Rome? <laughs> I wish I had. Tony, Sarah, take me away. Anyway, I'm sure that was way too long. I don't know. No, 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 no. So that's what happened in Vegas. And guess what? It stayed in Vegas. Sounds like it. Yeah, it did. It did. I hope Becky got what she wanted. Me too. And I hope she's baking again. 